We the people tell the government what to do. It doesn't tell us. We the people are the driver. The government is the car. And we decide where it should go, and by what route, and how fast. Almost all the world's constitutions are documents in which governments tell the people what their privileges are. Hey everybody, welcome once again to yet another episode of Two Noobs Talking. It's episode number 93, and with me of course are my two good friends, John Tracy, Steve Murray. I am Matt Craig, happy you are with us. Steve, uh, Steve, yeah, Steve, how was uh, your day today, man? I mean, I, oh, yeah. what's going on here? <laughs> I'm, I'm exhausted, man. It, going all over the place, I saw. Yeah. Yeah, part of it was a water park, and the first thing my son wanted to do was these slides, so I went up these sets of stairs six times <laughs> to get up in a row. Oh, <laughs> Sliding down. <laughs> and uh, my old body, you know. Gotta, gotta work back the endurance. Holy yeah, God. exactly. Yeah, it's crazy. Johnny, what's going on, man? How you doing tonight? Keith has become the ultra villain in Steve's life. <laughs> Keep it up, Keith. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You're bowling for him, though, Keith. Let me tell you something. You gotta go, like, you know, you gotta really curl that thing. You can't go daintily down the aisle. You know, I'll, I'll, you teach, you I'll teach you something. I'll teach you something, kid. There you go. You got Johnny. He bowled 300. Yeah, he bowled a 300 game. Yeah, I have a shit shoulder from it. Uh, I bowled and we. There you go. Twice. Twice. I did not. That shot. I couldn't couldn't figure that out. My kids used to beat me all the time in we. And they were like, I thought you knew how to bowl. I was like, all right, if I have to explain physics to you at the age of five and eight, (laughs) I'm not having this conversation. Turn this shit off. Go to bed. It's all about repeatability of the, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, guys, uh, as we do with tradition, I mean, we have to figure out who wore the episode number, right, in the city of Philadelphia. We actually yes. have a pretty decent list of players. Yes. Or 93. Let's start off with Javon Curse. Freak. The freak. Signing, uh, free agent signing on the defensive mm-hmm. side in 2004. And of course, got us to a Super Bowl. I mean, he was one of the all-time from the Titans, I believe. Right? Exactly yeah. right. Yeah, I think he was only there for about five years. Yep. Yep. Yeah. yeah. We also had Timmy Jernigan, uh, who also Jernigan. won Super Bowl with us. Ninety-three. Yeah. I have no issues with that man. There you go, Johnny. You gotta love this guy. Pat Nishek was also. Uh, Philadelphia Philly. That another one. Another one I like. Yeah. See, 93 is coming up. We we love the. Yeah. yeah. We were like looking at his stats, and his stats were like really really good. Very underrated pitcher. Um, all that kind of stuff. It could be uh, used out of long relief or short relief. Didn't matter. One of those Funky like. Delivery. What? What's that, Steve? Funky delivery. Funky oh, delivery. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, but but lunch pail guy. Guys, we like. Yeah, exactly. Go up, do your job. We also had on the Flyers side, uh, Peter Nedved wore 93. I think he was of on the year other, for a cup of coffee, maybe? Yes. Of yeah. other major franchises in a long career in the NHL where he's yep. pretty thin. Exactly. <laughs> he yeah, wore 93 he was, pretty much everywhere, right? Yeah. That was another one where he was a pretty decent player and we got him at the mm-hmm. wrong time. Yep. A little too late, yeah. I can All of a sudden, many of you know, my temperature's starting to rise a little bit. Yeah. Um, and then we have Alexei Zherdev. Um, he was only Nick. here for a cup of coffee, I remember that. Nick Zherdev. Nick Zherdev, thank you, not Alexei. Nick Zherdev. 
he was uh, he was a, a project they thought they were hoping Laviolette could unlock him his offensive potential. And that was Laviolette's kind of kind of deal back then. Yeah. He could take a, he could take a player that had a lot of talent and not a big head and slow it down and kind of make it work. That was well, yeah, that kind of. He was one of those temperamental mm-hmm. Russian guys, you know. Yeah, hit ten cent brain. Hundred 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 million dollar talent, ten cent brain. Blood pressure continuing to rise over here. Uh, but then we also had Jake Voracek. Jake Voracek played for us. And I'll take all time. the heat from Philly fans. Jake Voracek's probably one of my favorite players all time of the Flyers. Yeah. I loved watching that dude play. Yeah. He, he was, was a consistent he's a hockey, 20 goal scorer. He's a hockey guy. Like, he was a consistent 20 like goal him. scorer. You remember those years, Johnny, when we had consistent 20 goal scorers? But he was, also a, but he was yeah. also a playmaker. I like him. We, I, I've, I've had no issues with that man. Okay. All right. I now my like blood pressure is starting really to rise. So why don't we go wait, in wait, the wait. top one? Wait, wait, wait. wait. <laughs> Jake, you, calm down. Jake Voracek here for about 10 years. Yeah, you can't hate on him. I liked him. I liked no. him. He was, a, he, was a, he was a good player. No, yeah, um, I mean, a little, we, little too pass happy, but uh, yeah, I, I love Jake Warcheck. And, yeah. and his, not the, his not beef the goal with score. Crosby, his yeah. beef with Crosby was fun. Yeah, <laughs> his beef with Crosby was fun. That's true. Yeah, not the goal scorer we needed, but that's also on the Philadelphia media because when you trade for a guy that's a playmaker and they call him a goal scorer, most people think that he's going to be a goal scorer, but he's a playmaker. Yeah, maybe that's the, the media. problem. Yeah, until yeah, um, Philly media. Is that Philly media or is that Flyers management, Johnny? Both, because they try to sell you things that don't exist. Oh. <laughs> like, Vortex <laughs> can be a 50-goal scorer. Like, I didn't believe that when he got traded here. No. <laughs> like, he's not a 50-goal scorer. He was a decent player. He's a hockey's guy, hockey guy. That's true. Boy, could we use him now. Because oh, as we geez. head into topic one, guys. Um, right now? Can, can you be starting on the first line right now? I'd be okay. I'll be very much happy with that. Um, I won't be so mad. This, this, is, um, this is really hard. If you've been living under a rock uh, and have not been following the Philadelphia Flyers, excuse us for ranting for the next 30 minutes because, quite honestly... Or going uh, on Twitter being a Philadelphia person. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I made this that mistake a... this morning. This is a great Crossing Broad article written by uh, the great Anthony Sanfilippo. Headline, the time has come to end the embarrassment that is Flyers management. I'm just going to read the few, first few lines, guys. So just settle back, relax before you blow your caps, okay? Don't go to sleep, Steve. <laughs> we did there is a legend that the Roman Emperor Nero sat on his throne and played the fiddle while the great fire of Rome burned beneath him. Turns out the legend isn't true. He wasn't fiddling. Instead, he dressed up in an actor's stage costume and sang a song as his empire crumbled beneath him. Mm-hmm. The fiddle is so much better, which is why that legend has endured. Fast forward a couple of millennia, and you'll find a repeat performance might be taking place from an office at the Wells Fargo Center. Assuming Flyers governor Dave Scott is in town because what has happened on his watch is the absolute burning to the ground of the once iconic franchise. He was handpicked by beloved founder 
and former chairman Ed Snyder to oversee. That's because if he thought last season was rock bottom, he could have never anticipated GM Chuck Fletcher digging through the floor further to find scorching hot lava and letting it erupt and consume the entirety of the franchise, end quote. Steve, before I start to lose my mind, what a damn good take writer. it from here. <laughs> what a damn good writer he is. It's a great oh, line. <laughs> yeah. Such a writer. Oh my gosh. Um, so where do we even begin with this? Um, because we clearly don't have a GM with much in the way of integrity right now. Um, and it seems content to trade away picks like they're candy and we're not getting anything in return, seems like. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Well, just to set the stage for everyone who has been living under a rock, the whole reason for what is to follow is that there was a star player in the NHL by the name of Johnny Goudreau, who grew up across the river in a, in a decent part of New Jersey. Uh, and he could play a little. He scored 115 points. 115 points last year? Yeah. Uh, and correct me, how many goals? Was it, did he get 40? I probably has I think to so. Goals. He might have got 40 goals last year. I think he was. He was think... If not, he was in the 30s. Um, so grew up across the river, wanted to play <sighs> for his hometown for team. He scores 38 goals instead of 40. Um, <laughs> just to make a comparison of a, a good goal scorer. Like, he's a good goal scorer. Johnny Goodrow had 40 goals and 75 assists but, last year. He was a plus he 64. He could play a little. He could, he could yeah. play. Yeah. Right wing, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Yep. So grew up that across helps. the river, wants to play for his hometown team. Yep. We happen to have a desperate need if we're in an aggressive retool for a star player. Mm. And Fine. we sat all, was it Wednesday? Aggressive retool, you say? Aggressive yeah, retool, you say, Joe? All Steve. Wednesday. Yeah. All Wednesday, we sat. And it just got worse and worse and worse. And then Chuck Fletcher held a press conference at 5 p.m. after signing depth players and saying, yeah, we're done. So there went. Yeah, and in case you want to actually like listen to that press conference, I don't know why you will. I'm going to throw that up on the uh, in the card in the upper yeah, right. Yeah, don't listen corner. to it. it, it you yeah. don't. Uh, warning, spoiler alert, do not click into that card in the upper right-hand corner of the screen. Don't do it. it because Sandpaper is more grading than his voice right now. Um, go on, Steve. And if, if anyone <laughs> listened to us last week and they yeah. heard us, yeah. oh, you know, oh, it's all it's all good. We're we're all good. That's because the draft weekend, there seemed to be a plan in place. Yes. Okay. Really? Yeah, there yeah. was a plan in place as of last week. There was a plan. As of last week. As of last week, there was a plan in place. And we, Look, we all felt pretty comfortable about that plan. So we weren't, we weren't, we didn't want to jump the gun. We didn't want to, we true. didn't want to roast the franchise like Twitter likes to do on draft picks that actually seemed to work, has seemed to possibly could work out for them. No. If, if because the that plan... wasn't, that was only the first step. Right. But that's the point. If the plan is, as Dave Scott and Chuck Fletcher told us in January, this is an mm-hmm. aggressive retool. Mm-hmm. Blank check. Yep. Trading for a guy who has a checkered history yeah. for a two-year deal mm-hmm. Someone is call the kind of gamble you make 
when you are aggressively retooling. Hey, we're going to take a chance on this kid because he's got a good ceiling mm -hmm. offensively, could help our power play, help us contend. You're absolutely right. On their aggressive retool, you would take you would take a guy that mm -hmm. is that your franchise isn't going to like at first, but mm -hmm. when they see him play because he can play a little. Mm -hmm. That's a that's that's a move where you add the superstar, you add an extra guy. You're you're adding to your team and you're making your team better than it was. And they did that. And then all of a sudden on Wednesday, what did they do, Steve? <laughs> Nothing. Yeah. And that's, you know, so look, you tell us an aggressive retool, draft day, you trade for Tony D'Angelo, that smells like that's what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because that's a gamble. You don't do that when you are holding back and you're you're just going to play out the season on a, on a rebuild. Mm -hmm. Then you cut or Oscar. you wave Oscar Lindblom on Tuesday. Yes. Beloved player. Yeah. Cancer survivor. Who made cap room. Who made cap room. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sounds like you're making a play for Goudreau. Yep. Okay. Yep. If and not then... if not Goudreau, somebody. They're they, it seemed like as I was in a Buffalo Wild Wings when I saw the the Oscar, <laughs> the Oscar cut right yep. and i'm like they're making like I, this was i'm eating wings drinking beer not like not deep into it but i saw it go over the timeline and i was like okay this is what we were talking about last week like it yeah. started to get into my head like i'm like all right they're making fucking moves now mm -hmm. they're starting to think for themselves they're starting to make something good could happen i get i I get the pre-production with you guys and mm -hmm. the ship barely hit the fan while I was on the road for a minute. Pretty much. Yeah. And this is also from San DeFilippo's article here. Um, and then refuse to pay the asking price to take JVR miss out on Goudreau and every other big name free agent refuse to make any hockey trade to try and improve the team. Use the money saved by buying out Limbrom to bring back Justin Braun to a one-year deal. Which, hold on. Yeah, By wait, itself wait, wait, is wait. fine. Yeah. That in and of itself is fine. You need depth mm -hmm. defensemen. Yes. He's mm -hmm. on a one-year deal. It's relatively cheap. Yep. In and of itself, bringing back Justin Braun is is a-okay. No yep. problem. Yep. No issue with that one. Signed tough guy, fourth liner, Nick Delorier, 31 years old, to a four-year, $7 million contract. And then add a handful of AHL players, including oh, Tony Groznik, a 32-year-old goalie who has played all of four NHL games to serve along with Phoenix Sandstrom, five NHL games as the backups to Carter Hart. And so okay. the author okay. asks, what was the plan? We don't know. Look, the, the you can discard the depths of the, the, the Phantom stuff. Right? The guy they brought in to compete it was going to be Sandstrom and Fedotov mm -hmm. until, as we Fedotov detailed was, last yep. week, I think that yeah. Fedotov was tossed in a gulag, basically. Yeah, basically. Um, <laughs> for it, no good he's reason. In the, he's in the Russian. He's in the Russian Navy. Yeah, and, he is in the Russian yeah. Navy in the yeah. Arctic. Which, so, uh, yes. which, which yeah. isn't 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 Russia mostly landlocked? Pretty much. <laughs> like, your Navy, like you've got to go pretty far to be in your Navy. I would say so. So the backup to, to Carter Hart was going to be inexperienced anyway. Yes. But, so a, 
again, not an issue. Delorier, not an issue except for the price tag. term. Yeah. Well, the I mean, the annual price tag is also not That's horrible, but you gave him four, four years. years. Four years. Five. guy. Yeah. Like that is a that is a that is a one to two year deal at most. It could be a two per. That's fine. Like if it's a two for four, mm-hmm. I'm cool with that. It's a, a fighter, uh, a guy that can fight, a guy that can grind, a guy that can play on your fourth line. I have no issues with those numbers at this point. Like in 2022, most fourth liners that we grew up loving would probably make two million at this point because they were making, you know, a hundred thousand back when we when we liked them. But inflation, you know, go by the nose. It's fine. So if it's a two for four, that's that's fine. I'm good. You make two million dollars a year for two years. I'm okay with that. But I'm not okay with a four-year term. Yeah. For a guy that has eighty some odd points in his career, I get he's a fourth line guy. I get that. But guys, come on. No, no, no. no, I'm I'm, score goals. They have. Who do they have? Point even more. You don't give a four-year term to any hockey player if they're not going to go fourth line, third line, second line mm-hmm. in those four years. Yeah. This dude is not. This dude is. He might go to left wing to right wing. Like, he's yeah. not. He's not. Maybe he'll be a third liner. Now, I don't know about you guys, and Steve probably would know a little bit more than I would, but when we had Nate Thompson here on the fourth line, I would think like he was pretty good, and he was a one-year guy. Yes. And they brought him back. So yeah. they look. So he looks at Delorier and says, "Yep, four years." This is Fletcher I'm talking about. Four-year deal it, with this it guy? Make, it doesn't make any sense. No, and I mean, and Anthony Sanfilippo basically just says, "Huh?" And then Fletcher proceeded to add seven, seven fringe players, most for the minor league level, um, and of the seven, four: Kevin Braun, Kevin Connaughton, Cooper Moradi, Louis Del Pedo, were obviously were either previously signed by Chuck Fletcher in Minnesota or who came up through the Flyers ranks. And San Filippo rightly asked, that's a plan? That's an aggressive retool? No, that's horse manure. Certifiable grade A stock horse manure. Well, now we get to the problem. Yeah. The problem was, you, I mean, the optics look horrible because you cut Lindblom and now it looks like you cut Limblom and you're basically signing Delorier to a four-year deal with well, Limblom is the fourth line player that would be playing most likely in that spot that you signed. Yeah, it, yeah. it's not a good look. But the, yeah. here's here's where the problem was: they needed to clear more cap space. Yes. To get Goudreau. That's. I mean, he he got what nine point eight average annual value in Columbus from Columbus. Yeah, and he a probably yeah. he probably would have taken a little less to be here. Mm-hmm. I mean, he turned down. 10 plus to stay in Calgary. Um, yeah. So he, he, I'm sure he would have taken, you know, 9.5, mm. you know, here, mm-hmm. but you had to clear that space. And the guy who was the prime candidate to clear that space was JVR. Yes. One year left. I think he's a 7 million per guy. God. That would clear some space, but you need to load, you need to load up to, well, that's the problem. So yeah. when I when this was first reported, the the rumor was, well, in order to move JVR, they would have had to sweeten the deal with a draft pick. And it was a first-round pick. And we all were like, well, if that's the Florida first-round pick we got from Giroux, 
given all the other draft picks you've traded to acquire these not quite top level defensemen the last couple of years, mm-hmm. why in the hell wouldn't you, you move it. that pick with JVR basically to trade for Goudreau? Yeah. You yeah, because that would have been that's an easy pick. That's not a that's not a one through five pick. We talked about it in pre-production. Mm-hmm. That's that's not a fifteen. That's not a five to fifteen pick. Like mm-hmm. Flyers going to be pretty good. That's going to be like a twenty-one mm-hmm. to thirty pick, basically. Mm-hmm. Right. So an easy pick to get rid of. But new news has <laughs> has arised. Yeah. So the um, I was listening earlier today to something that Jason Martinez, who mm-hmm. John and I both follow pretty yes. well, he's an amazing human being. Mm, absolutely. If you Great don't guy. know him, follow him. <laughs> like, find a way he, to follow him. He's awesome. He rebroadcasted uh, a podcast by Elliot Friedman. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in it, Elliot Friedman details that basically other teams said, you want us to take JVR, you got to give us your 2023 first round pick. Huh. Yeah. That, I'm okay not moving interesting um the guy at the top of the 2023 draft uh bedard mm-hmm. the, the guy who was supposed to go first this year shane wright he ended up going fourth but he was projected all season to go first mm-hmm. the comparisons for him were to patrice bergeron Hmm. Now, don't get me wrong. I would love to have me and Patrice Bergeron on our team. Yeah, if I could get one, if I could get one of them, that would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, carbon. This copy. guy's Patrice Bergeron. Yeah, I'll take that any day of the week. This guy Bedard. Hmm. His comparisons have been to Connor McDavid. Interesting. Huh. That's a little a heavier. Whole... Little heavier of a yeah. Little heavier yeah. of a pick. That's a whole other level and. I'm not trading our first round pick next year in 2024. Even if we had a superstar, yeah, we yeah. could still suck that bad. Well, yeah. then the my question then is: This seemed to all it, it seems to all we're all talking about Ryan Ellis, Ryan Ellis's health, Ryan Ellis's health. Mm-hmm. That's a big thing. Is yeah. that thing. that seems like an albatross? It's almost like a Chris Pronger 2.0 hanging over this franchise. Because we don't know whether or not he's going to ever play again. They don't even know. Which and it's like, you can't move him. And I don't know what what like his asking price was or what his annual salary is. It's I I think his AAV is in the six million range. Yeah, <laughs> something like that. So it's like they I mean, he's if he can't play, he's going on long term IR. So that his cap hit. But they also not... can't just buy him out. Like they did Oscar? He, well, no. There's there's complications that will affect your cap uh, severely for because he's got six years left. I was just gonna say. Then along okay, that line. So you can't you can't wave and buy out because oh, that's, he's, a, no. he's a long term guy. Yeah, it's gonna yeah. destroy you. He, he's gonna have to go on long term IR, which moves the cap hit, which is you know, you don't that's what it. happened with Pronger for all those years. He yeah. was on long term yeah. IR. Mm-hmm. So his cap hit's not costing you. Yeah. Uh, the bigger issue is without Ellis, you don't really have a number one guy. Well, yeah. and his thought was to plug that hole was Tony D'Angelo. Now, again, D'Angelo was top pair on Car- on Carolina, and I get that. But 
we're basing it off of this last year. And you, we all have talked about how great of a coach Rod Brindamore has been. Now, I get it. Tortorella, I, you know, he's got a lot of work ahead of him. And it's like, I, I feel for this guy because it's like he's been given complete dog shit by Chuck Fletcher. And he's going to have to essentially take that and polish that turd as best as he possibly can. He'll do a better job than most, I feel. I feel. I mean, they're, I don't know what, you know, and I'm thinking like with D'Angelo, it's like I would much rather have him second pair. I wouldn't put him with Provorov, to be perfectly honest. I don't think they fit. And it's like, I don't know where you put, do you Provy at the second pair? And if you're going to put D'Angelo, you put him at the top. I don't know. That's a question that's probably more on Torch's side. The biggest, the biggest point with that, I want to get to this Twitter poll, but the biggest yeah. thing with that is that a, a aggressive move for a free agent that is a superstar makes your defensive pairings easier. Now yeah. there, there, now there's a ton of questions because uh, apparently we got the right wing fourth line figured out. We don't <laughs> the first two lines figured out. We have a defenseman, <laughs> we have a goalie. Like we, we got some things like. We well, you also have guys coming off of surgery. You have Couturier coming off of surgery, Farabee coming off of surgery, Kevin That's Hayes. What I'm like, you have things that Tortorello can look at and be like, oh, I can work this out, but he doesn't have the superstar. Because if no. he had a superstar, it'd be like, okay, well, at least my one line set. Yeah, and what like, made Tortorella a great coach? What made Tortorella yeah. a great coach is that he had Le Cavalier and he also had yeah. Martin St. Louis. Now, two Which terrific players, Brad back Richards. In the day. Which was two lines at a time. And then yeah. and they flipped them to one line. There was a power play line. Yeah, they had, he had superstars. He had, yeah, he had talented players. And I'm yeah. looking at this roster. I don't see it. I mean, there's I look, see a D- lot of question marks. There are a lot ifs. of questions. And if D'Angelo looks a lot better if he's headmanning the puck to Johnny Goudreau, mm-hmm. uh-huh. then he's going to look trying to headman it to or, Nick Gloria. Or my biggest point in pre-production, Claude Giroux, because you because yeah, Fletcher can't get away guy. from this. You traded my superstar. Yes. And never brought me one back. Yeah. Yes. And that's what has and a lot of people pissed off about that. Let me get back to the pick though for a second. Mm-hmm. Go for it. Okay, because yeah. we, we all we all thought it was the Florida pick and we're like, what the hell? Mm. And yeah. we find out it's the twenty three pick and we're like, mm, yeah, that's don't sense. do that. Yeah. But here's the the problem is still this is Chuck Fletcher's fault. Mm-hmm. He waited until basically the day of free agency yeah without moving jvr yeah yes if you do this last season yeah at the trade deadline nobody's going to be asking you for a first round 2023 pick you could get a hole for great point you could get a hole for him i don't know if you could get a hole you could get you could get two minor leaguers a shitty draft choice and the cat taken care of no, you're not going to get an NHL player, but you could get, you could, you could look to the future with dumping him, because they yeah. would give you, they would give you two dudes that were projects. Fair point. Right. Right. Yep. Like, but no now the way that works. But now no. Right. But now oh, they're now watching this. Shit. <laughs> they're watching this. Oh, Johnny Goudreau's hitting the market. He wants to play for Philadelphia. They don't have the cap room. They're going to try and send me JVR. I'm going to rob him blind. Yeah. yeah. I'm not going to give it up shit. It he gave himself into a corner, basically. Yeah. We knew this was going to happen. Yeah. Okay? Everybody knew Goudreau was going to for free agency. Yeah. Yeah. Right? 
Yeah. You do you knew there was going to be availability some top superstars available at free agency and you didn't take the steps you needed to do to clear the cap room in time to do it. Why? Hey, here's here's okay. another question to you. When <laughs> when you're when you're selling Giroux to Florida who needed him? Why couldn't you cut cat space then? Yeah. I don't know. You're actively know. trying to do something last year that now you're coming in the free agency now and you're you, you it seems like you forgot what you just did. <laughs> <laughs> like you just did that and now you're like I I don't know what to do. And that's pretty much what his press conference was. It, like we're done because I don't I have no fucking idea yeah, who that, I am or how I whether that came from upper management or him. I, I don't know. I think that was 100% from him. And I guarantee you that if Snyder were alive, he would not be saying those words. Otherwise, he'd have his balls castrated. I mean, uh, well, seriously. Definitely would have had a press conference after his press conference. I, I am. <laughs> I to say that I'm not happy. It's like I have like this with Fletcher. It's almost like Rob Manfred heat. You know, it's like I can't stand oh this guy anymore. Uh-oh. You know. So let's let's go to so let's, let's go, go to the Twitter poll for God's sake. Yeah, with Matt being so mad, let's go to the Twitter poll. So twenty-four hour Twitter poll that I tripped upon this morning uh, was we'll from Fire Station, who who is awesome. Yep, Fire Station who? is awesome on Twitter. Fire Station. Awesome. Yeah. So they did a Twitter poll of should the Flyers Flyers fire uh, Cliff Fletcher. Chuck Fletcher. Chuck. Chuck Fletcher, whatever the fuck his name is. <laughs> uh, it says Chuck right there. Uh, so you got your reading is, glasses on there? Yeah. This is 14,000 people voted in this 24-hour Twitter poll. Just, so, just to give non-hockey people that watch us, only there's only 19,306 seats in Wells Fargo. Yeah. 14,000 people <laughs> <laughs> on this poll yeah the the end result was 96 percent to four percent to be fired. to be fired. fired yeah to be fired man alive yeah I let's throw that up on anybody screen, really doesn't want this dude gone at this point yeah i mean well and let's face it you have of the other three franchises you have the phillies spending a ton of money Nine and a half back at the time of this recording in the wild card, or yeah, you know, in terms of the division, no, but they're right there in the wild card. They're making a push. You got the Sixers who at convinced James Harden to take less money, you know, and they're trying to, you know, okay, what do we have to do this week? The Eagles are looking great. They're kind of drafting well. They're building up their, you know, and they've got a trade for A.J. Brown. And you got the rinky-dink flyers over here kind of going like, oh, I don't know what to do. Duh. Look. Wednesday would have been a lot easier on everybody if they had said back in January, yeah, we got to tear this down and rebuild. Yeah, right. That's I mean, my if problem. We were, yeah. If we were in, if we were legitimately in rebuild mode, everybody would have been like, oh, we're signing Nick Delorier. Okay, big deal. Got Justin yeah. Braun back. Yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna figure this thing out. Yeah, yeah. But when you when sold you... us an aggressive retool. Yeah. And the reason, I mean, that's the John's Twitter poll was funny because last weekend. It was split. Yeah. Yep. You know, on the D'Angelo yeah. thing. The people who wanted to rebuild hated the D'Angelo thing because you don't trade for a D'Angelo when you're rebuilding. Yeah. Exactly. The people <laughs> who liked the D'Angelo trade were like, all right, this means we're we're gearing up. We're gonna we're gonna give this a shot. Hmm. Now everybody hates it because <laughs> what just happened shows you, you don't know what you're doing. You want the best of both worlds no. and you're not getting it. And you're not getting it. 
yeah, it's a clusterfuck of a complete tr- attempt. You're right, uh, of a of a retool, Steve. I mean, it, it is like if this is their idea of aggressive retool, they failed miserably. And I mean, they would have to essentially now redefine what that means. What does that mean when you say that? Ultimately, like, and that that really boils me over. It's not just the incompetence. But it's the lack of integrity. It's like, if you're going to be aggressive and you say it in the press conference, you better damn well back it up. And to be honest with you, signing fourth-line guys and a questionable first-pair defenseman and a lot of ifs. I heard a ton of ifs. If Couturier is healthy, if Kevin Hayes returns, if Travis Konechny does this, if the power play is somewhat mediocre... That's a ton of ifs. And it's like, dude, like, stop. The problem with the Flyers is they talk themselves into ifs, 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 and ifs. And then reality, bam, hits them right in the face. They get staggered. They don't know what to do. And it's like, oh, well, we got to level set and reset ourselves. Well, but we're always, but we're living in Philadelphia. We have to have an aggressive retool. And so they pick themselves back up. They talk if, 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 and if. Reality hits them right back in the face again. They knock themselves back over. They have to pick themselves back up. It's an endless, endless cycle. And Fletcher drives me crazy. Fletcher's press conference. You know, <laughs> somebody asked them. One of the media said, "You know, you so, you sold us on an aggressive retool. What do you say to the fans who feel now that you missed out on Goudreau? It, it would be one thing if they're like, oh, we offered him a contract and he said no. You know, that's hey, yeah. you you made an effort." And it didn't work out. That's yeah. easy. You you screwed this up. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. now, so the question to him was, well, what do you say to the fans who feel like they've been sold a bill of goods? Yeah. That you know, aggressive retool. And yeah. his his response like shocked me. Yeah. It's like, oh well, you know, we're still aggressively retooling. We're going to be harder to play against. That's not what an aggressive retool, retool is. is. You aggressive don't have a superstar. Is, yeah. We're making a push. We're going to sign big free agents. We're gonna we're gonna you know be. A contending team. That's what an aggressive retool is. We're going to sign a guy like Johnny Goudreau in the offseason. Yeah. Okay? It's not... (laughs) (laughs) It's not that at all. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, what's the over-under? They've won 25 games, guys, to close this up. 25 games last year. I'm going to set that as the over-under. Do we have any comment? I'm going to say over. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to say under. You think Tor- you're, okay. You think Tortorella, Tortorella is good at getting the most out of his players. Mm-hmm. Getting more, sometimes even more than I think they have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, so that's going to help. Getting Couturier back will help. Um, I'm going to say so push. I think, you know, I'm not saying... <laughs> Much more than twenty-five. Yeah, no, I understand what you're saying. That's why I'm I'm going for push. I'm going for under because push yeah. is still under. So <laughs> now I'm thinking twenty-five. So... Hey, you never know. Maybe we'll get Bedard at the end of the day. Well, well, here's the thing. Everybody's like, "Oh, we got to tank, tank, tank." Even if you tank, yeah, you're not guaranteed you're number first one. team. Yeah. You still have a seventy-five percent chance that you won't get that yep. first round. Exactly. Or first pick. Yeah. yeah. So that's to me. It's like just win some games. Yeah. Entertain me this season. All and right? normally, normally have a have a group that Bedard has is they're underrated and they're always 
as good as he is because they underrate people when you have a top superstar. Yeah. Drafts are different when there's a top guy. It's just, they're just different. So you might actually fall at three and get a decent player that you didn't think you were going to get. Man, true. To go from that offseason to years ago when Jeremy Roenick was signed. Ugh. Danny Briere. Yeah. Danny Briere. Yeah. That, that was a magical offseason. Yeah. God, I miss those days. I do yeah, too, really. Johnny. I do too. Topic number two as we're boxing, shadow boxing. I love it. Oh my gosh, this is great. So, guys, here we go. Um, I don't know if you've also heard this. On a lighthearted note, um, the deal that Elon Musk had with Twitter is officially dead as of Friday. We're talking about him again? Well, hopefully for a long, long time. This is probably it for for a while. So, yeah. Right before pre-production, I was working on an After Effects program in Adobe trying to create that counter for you. But when I got into the meeting, I found out we were talking about him again. I just scrapped it. (laughs) (laughs) Like Elon does with SpaceX and everything else. Love it. SoFi.com article here, of course, talking about what... Uh, lies ahead now for Twitter, uh, now that the deal is dead. Basically, just quick recap here this past Friday. Elon Musk told the SEC he was looking to pull out of his $44 billion deal to purchase Twitter. Following a hostile tef- takeover bid this spring, Musk had negotiated a price, announced his intention to take the social media platform private. Uh, since then, though, a snag emerged when Musk claimed Twitter had failed to provide enough information concerning so-called bots or fake accounts. A legal battle is now expected, continuing a wild saga that first kicked off in April after Musk announced that he acquired a 9% stake in the company. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, Musk then sold stock he owned in the automaker Tesla after the terms of the Twitter deal had been reached. So, kind of goes on to say who's affected and all that kind of stuff and what's the future going to be like, but... We were kind of talking about this, right, in peer production, John. Um, I guess I'll go to you. Uh, we believe that it is actually more good than harm. Why don't we explain what we think? I don't know if I think it's good, but I think that he's playing the long game here. Oh. I, his, now that he's pulling out, I'm starting to see that he's, he's, he's joked about Twitter, I'll delete Twitter, and then I'll delete Facebook. He's trying to make a point, and he's got enough money to where he can do shit like that. Mm. Like, we can't just go buy Twitter and fuck with the executives there, but Elon Musk easily can. <laughs> so I'll just sell that off. I'll, I'll take care of that. Like, I'll just, here, here, look, I'll float $44 billion out, and then I only have to pay you a billion, which was his, his uh, fee for pulling out of the deal. All he had to do was give them a billion dollars, and he can walk away. That was in the original deal. Hmm. Um, but it doesn't save him from lawsuit. But yeah. I'm wondering with the lawsuit, me and Steve were just talking a little while ago, that lawsuit could get a little hairy because he can ask for things, right? Yes. When you are in litigation, uh, the, the reason litigation in America is so expensive is because of discovery, yeah. uh, which is where you ask the other side for information, documents, things of that nature. And in some lawsuits, that can be lots and lots of paper Mm -hmm. Um, and so you know you're implying what he's going to ask for is the information about the uh bot numbers Uh, 
and he could get it. Now, there are ways to protect information from becoming public in court. Absolutely. Um, you know, many lawsuits. In, in most lawsuits, you get what's called a protective order, which will uh, usually you get two levels of protection. So there's documents that the public could see. Mm -hmm. um, so they would they would be you know exposed at trial or, or somewhere, and um, you have the level where just the parties can see it, the public cannot, mm -hmm. uh, and then you have another level still where the uh, attorneys can see the information, but the parties themselves cannot. Mm -hmm. So you could have a situation. Where and I don't know whether they have the legitimate ground to back this up, but they could ask for uh, producing the information to um, Musk's legal team, asking for attorney's eyes only protection, in which case Musk will never see it. Interesting. Interesting. But you know, sure. a judge he could fight that, and the judge would have to rule on it. Now, next question: He can he can be sued, right, and appeal, so he can take this to more than one court, correct? Well, the, so the shareholders, the shareholders, I think are saying, you know, you made the deal, you should have to go through with it. So yeah. they have, they're gonna sue under legal recourse and a judge will decide whether or not- the, I'm not the disagreeing with them at all. Mm -hmm. um, if Musk loses, yes, he could appeal. Uh, I don't know where the case is, if it's federal or state court and then depending on that depends on I where believe it's in Maryland go. for some reason what I read but oh, I could be completely wrong but I think I think but, yeah but it could be yeah, Maryland state yeah. court or it could be yeah I don't know exactly where it is okay so so yeah I mean the the appellate review would be available regardless of what which path is taken but he could stretch this out is what I'm trying to oh say. yeah absolutely yeah. it could okay. yeah, stretch out so this is also a very interesting piece here from the SoFi.com article I pulled up, guys. Uh, some industry observers say Twitter has been weakened by the highly public negotiations, as well as the perception it has too many fake accounts. It's possible the company seeks out a new buyer in an attempt to turn things around, but regulators uh, have been strict about mergers, making the process challenging. It's also hard to find buyers with deep enough pockets. Twitter will be forced to focus on rebuilding its business, all while listening closely to what its lawyers have to say. End quote. Um, I mean, that's where I'm thinking. Billion. Like, what's yeah? <laughs> not exactly. forty-four billion from another buyer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This has this has put a a smear on them a little bit. Um, they don't seem they do very good practice um, business. No, because uh, yeah. I mean, forty-four billion. Come on now, like even Zuckerberg, that piece of shit, was offered three, four times the amount of money that his platform was worth. That dude would be, he'd be posing in pictures with Elon mm. on the beach and he'd be like, and he's a piece of shit. So Twitter, <laughs> Twitter is now starting to look like they're owned by not so nice people. I, I guess the only question I would have is why was it so high? Like it, it's, I mean, it's a social media company and I get that, but why was it so priced? So like 44 billion to me doesn't I, I seem like he, a whole heck of a lot, especially when it's free, uh, unless it's more on the advertising side and maybe that's it. Well, that's yeah. That's, well, that was the whole point of the, a couple episodes ago. We talked about that with the advertising 
Twitter's advertising was through the roof, hmm. like 17, 18, 19, 20, the, the, the revenue that the they revenue that they came in. So it makes, mm-hmm. it makes it a very viable, but what Elon Musk is saying is I'm buying this for 44 billion. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that I, I don't think that's right. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like it was setting as if, and maybe, like I said, it does more good than harm in the fact that it shows them as kind of like a fraud organization in the fact that they have so many bots and so many fake accounts and things along those lines. I don't know. I, I think that's a that's a terrific win because I think a lot of it, too, is like you have to think of it, too. A social media company, if you're being followed by a bot who's like negative or all the time at you, it's like it affects you mentally more than anything else. I guess I'm going a little bit off a beaten path. Well, no, but that's also what, that's also what, uh, Harvard's actually doing a study about that with social, mm-hmm. the effect of social media. They're doing, uh, they're doing a split study of people who are not on social media and mm-hmm. people that are wow. constantly on social media, same mm-hmm. age group, same, it's going to be released, I think next year, mm-hmm. but it's, it's stuff we need to look at because it does, it does mentally affect, I mean, views, on youtube men like when we were getting you know 150 views we were like oh we're we're we're, we're doing something you know what i mean mm-hmm. next video comes out it gets 11 it's like eh, that yeah. sucks <laughs> like, <laughs> not saying we're doing anything wrong but it's yeah it, social media does have a huge effect on mental health yeah yeah it i really think that does. would be really that would be really good to kind of take when that comes out johnny we'll have to take a look at that for sure maybe make it a future topic but yeah i i, I think that's probably one of the biggest um, I was kind of like happy about that in, in a way, um, even though it's like it's going to go through legal hell, and I get that. But just Maybe the fact that, yeah, I mean, when they had a report of like five percent of 229 million users were fake, you know, and when the president of the United States has like half of his followers as fake accounts, it's kind of like, well, but we, we, yeah, you we know, already, we already talked about that where we said there's no way it's just five like, percent. Yeah. <laughs> It has to be upwards of 10 to 15. Well, that's, that's really the thing here is, you know, ordinarily you would say, well, why couldn't Twitter just give you the information? It seems like there's something to hide. But they did give information. Yeah. It's just Elon and us don't believe it. Mm. <laughs> so either they're actually right and it is yeah. 5% or they are hiding something. Yeah. And to Matt's point, going legal that actually makes everybody feel comfortable about it if you care about it because maybe we'll get to the bottom of it yeah i mean yeah, i don't maybe. know if i even care to get to the bottom of it i mean i use twitter <laughs> that, me, me steve matt isn't even on twitter me and steve use twitter very very little it's not like we're trying to get famous on twitter mm. we're not we're not being tom hopefully he's listening and you heard that <laughs> um 170 trillion times a day and i love him for it because he's the only thing on my feed <laughs> and he's funny as fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's on twitter. tom keeps me on twitter so do me a favor elon buy that shit and pay tom it'll, it'll make better. <laughs> i was gonna say maybe tom has a finder's fee or something like that maybe i'm hoping so. somewhere wouldn't that be something else that's funny And now, a word from our sponsor. This week's episode is brought to us by Fat Killers. Tired of trying dieting and exercising to lose those uh, lots of pounds? Try Fat Killers. First thing we do is we take a corkscrew and a vacuum cleaner. 
and a hose. Just, just, just exercise. Just diet and exercise. Don't listen to me. Just, just exercise. All right, guys. So here we go with topic three. As we starting to lighten the load a little bit, not you know, I'm feeling much, much better. <sighs> <sighs> it's kind of like when Literally. Homer and it's like when Homer and Bart were on that spaceship to the sun with all those horrible <laughs> celebrities. Yeah, they decided to just eject, and their heads, you know, blew up in the vacuum of space. But Boom. at the same time, they're like. <sighs> the stress was over. I don't have to talk about Elon Musk. Anymore. And I also want to make this point too, because I know there's one guy out there in North Carolina that listens to us. Uh, you know, that called oh. my comments heinous. To that one guy, <laughs> you know, I just want to apologize. That was not. I'm not a heinous individual. I just want you to know that right now. I really do like you a lot, bud. I'm just telling you right now, even though you are my Newman. Bastard. But in any event, <laughs> moving on. No, I thought I'd always loved you. So, you know. Exactly. Topic three. This is interesting. SciTechDaily.com, guys. In case of climate emergency, deploy space bubbles to block out the sun. So, what's going on here? So, you'll read in the article a proposal currently being developed by a transdisciplinary team at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, or MIT. So it's legit. Absolutely. Yep. It Suggest, sounds expensive. It, yeah. Suggests an approach that would supplement current climate mitigation and adaption, ad, adaptation solutions. Space bubbles, inspired by an idea originally proposed by astronomer Robert Angel, is based on the deployment of a raft in space consisting of small inflatable bubbles with the goal of shielding the earth from a small portion of solar radiation. The project is part of a solar geoengineering approach, a set of technologies aiming to reflect a fraction of sunlight coming to the earth to contest, to contest climate change. So, Steve, being the scientist that you are in training on the physics side, I believe, right? If my yes. memory serves me right. Correct. What do you think of this? This sounds very uh, intriguing and interesting. You know, the first time I read this article, I, I remembered there's the scene in the movie Armageddon. Um, <laughs> when they point. first find out about the asteroid coming. And they have a bunch of scientists at NASA all like spread around a table, like proposing ideas. And, <laughs> and there's there's dudes like, he's like, oh, we're going to, we want to deploy this big giant sail. Yeah. And they like unfold a sheet of aluminum that's like the size <laughs> of the table. And Billy Bob Thorne's like, come on, guys. <laughs> we're NASA for God's sake. <laughs> Can you think of that? That, that? that crossed my mind the first time I read this. But, kind of funny. Uh, it, yeah. It makes some sense. I mean, uh, if you have these bubbles out in space, you're not going to have the problem of atmospheric pressure. So your ability to expand them will be a lot easier. Mm -hmm. uh, I think somewhere in the article, though, it says we're going to have to deploy them to basically the size of Brazil yeah. to uh, <laughs> make it work. Yeah, the raft yeah. itself, researchers hypothesize a craft roughly the size of Brazil composed of frozen bubbles would be suspended in space near the L1 Langrenian point. I'm hoping I'm not, that's probably a butcher on that. Sorry about that. A location between the earth and the sun where the gravitational influence of both the sun and the earth cancel out. Oh, the equilibrium point. Yeah, the equilibrium point. So of course this proposal 
and addresses many questions. How to engineer the best, uh, the best material for the bubbles to withstand outer space conditions. Because we are talking about extreme amounts of radiation. Yes. How to fabricate and deploy these bubbles into space. How are you going to get them up there? How to make the shield fully reversible. I almost It'll be feel more like... more expensive than the toaster that they just put up there. <laughs> exactly. uh... And what are the potential long-term effects on Earth's ecosystem? A lot of unanswered questions, obviously. Well, the, the part about the getting floor. it up there is yeah. the, the fact that they have the idea that bubbles that can inflate is actually good because you can they'll be smaller when they leave Earth, so it'll be easier to get mm -hmm. them out. Mm -hmm. It's a lot harder to get a Brazil-sized thing yeah. up off the Earth than <laughs> it would be something that you could, you know, blow up, like, you know, an inflatable pool or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So at least there's at least they're thinking on that. That's a good, good idea. Yeah. Johnny? Um, I mean, we sound smart. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, this, this goes back to many, many moons ago. Um, no pun intended. Yes. Uh, where they wanted to fly aircraft around over and over again, so it would just block. <laughs> it would block the radiation. Yeah, exactly. Um, so they're so they're using things that are probably better. Um, they're they're saying in the article that they they can complete with this. They they feel like they completely reverse global warming. That's interesting. I mean. I don't know if it's ever completely. I don't. I don't know where we all stand on the global warming or the Green New Deal or anything like that. But I can we completely reverse it? That was my issue with the article. It was like really like completely. Great well, question. Look, the way the way greenhouse warming works is light from the sun comes in. Yes. And mm -hmm. the greenhouse gases gases gases. <laughs> block it from getting back out yeah. yes so it's retained right yeah yes. so the idea is if you cut off some of the energy supply from the source Understood. not as much of it gets in so not as much of it's going to get trapped i mean it has groundings in in decent science but no i think i don't i think it makes it makes amazing sense like i'm all for them doing this mm -hmm. but completely reversing i just i i don't i don't believe in i don't believe in such erroneous claims that you can do it all like if you would have came to me and been like 82 percent 93 percent i'd be like yes you're like i'm 100 percent gonna turn this thing around yeah okay because 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 all i have to say is you got bubbles and gases come in. How the fuck gas is going to get out? Really I, I think I, I think you have a great question, Johnny. I keep going back to what you just said. You know, I don't know how we feel about the Green New Deal and all that kind of stuff. For, for me, it's like Green New Deal. No, uh, not in favor. But I am in favor of science. I am in favor of yeah, no, doing whatever we can to try and limit the amount of warming that is happening. Uh, could you completely reverse it? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question. That's my really only question to this whole. I love the yeah. idea. I love the whole concept. I yeah. just. I don't know if it's. I, I mean, it's interesting. It. I. I you know, and That's could my only these bubbles? I mean, my my only fear would be like, okay, you're suspending them kind of in space, and you you have to make sure that it moves along with the Earth as well. You know, that kind of deal. You can't just 
have them sitting out there. Well, MIT's <laughs> way smarter than us, so they probably have a plan for that. <laughs> I, I don't know how they would fucking do it, but I'm yeah. sure they would. I don't know. I don't know the answer. I mean, it's going to be interesting. Um, they say here, here's another part of it. While addressing climate change necessarily require, requires lowering CO2 emission on the Earth, other approaches such as geoengineering could supplement such efforts if current mitigation and adaptation measures turned out to be inadequate for reversing uh, the ongoing climate change trends. Um, Solo geoengineering has been theoretically proved to be a valuable solution for supplementing current efforts for CO2 emission reductions. What solar engineering is, I have no earthly idea. Well, so you said solar engineering? Solo, uh, solar geoengineering, and, which is a well, set of technologies, what... I'm, I'm just reading, a set of technologies aiming to reflect a fraction of the sunlight coming yeah, to that's... the yeah. That's what this is. So there, there's two ways you could do it. You could reduce the number of gases that go out, yep. mm -hmm. right? So you you uh, reduce the amount that's in the atmosphere that's keeping the, the radiation from getting out hmm. uh, and warming the planet, or you take in less light which yeah. is on the sun, which is what I said. So that, I mean, that's... I'm I'm more in favor of the Futurama plan, which is just move the orbit of the Earth further out. <laughs> <laughs> Probably a little bit more difficult than space. I was going to say, putting us in a geo, you know, geometric dome, kind of like what they do with the Simpsons movie, that doesn't seem like it would be a good idea either. Just saying. No. Um, that would not be good. Can I say the controversial thing that probably nobody wants to hear, no scientist wants to hear, no no human wants to hear? Why? Oh, can't you're going we to all... say it anyway? Go ahead. Yeah, I'm going to. Why? Why can't we all just work together and and drop some emissions on Earth? Make Ooh, make cars work better. Make factories work better. Shoot bubbles into. The, why can't we just all work together and put it all together? And maybe, maybe reversing it would be a good thing instead of trying to politicize everything. Oh, I mean, Johnny, that, stop with your pie in the sky thinking. Come on. <laughs> well, John, what what you're forgetting? I'm glad Matt brought up The Simpsons because <laughs> what you're forgetting is that Mr. Burns so eloquently put it. <laughs> For years, man has yearned to block out the sun. <laughs> and with these, with these space bubbles, we can finally do it. Yes. <laughs> exactly. All right, guys, we close out two noobs with topic four here. And this is a, kind of a lighthearted, uh, silly article here from the New York Post. In me ribbon speech. I love it. Avoid self-serve checkouts, lawyer warns, or it'll cost you thousands of dollars. And I you took notice because I use self-serve uh, checkouts. All I the do, time. too. I've been guilty of this, too. Using a self-serve checkout counter could get you framed for stealing, warned one lawyer on social media. Our attorney and influencer, Carrie Jernigan, who often shares legal advice to her 1.2 million followers on TikTok. 1.2 million followers on TikTok. Has alleged, has alleged, right. has alleged, Mr. Murray, that stores are using security footage at the register to accuse innocent customers of theft. As a criminal defense attorney, I advise most people to steer clear of self-checkout, <clears throat> Jernigan says in a video. The lawyer says there are three groups of people who are being charged with shoplifting during self-checkout. The first group is those with the intent to steal. Dun, dun, so actually, people who are actually stealing who yeah. I'm okay. shocked that there would be a category of people actually stealing shit from Walmart <laughs> <laughs> I'm shocked 
actually catch them in the act. Really? You got to watch out for those things. Second category. The second category is what she calls the theft by mistake group. These are the people that I generally think just forgot to scan an item. And they walk out with the... Okay, yeah, that's... Yeah, that could... I actually have a story of that. This was when I was on the road in Idaho. I was rushing because we we were leaving... Uh, Idaho Falls and we were driving all the way to Boise and I was grabbing some I was grabbing some stuff from Walmart because I knew I wouldn't have time when I got to Boise to go shopping because we had like an early job. Hmm. I was in self-checkout and I was going so fast that the that the alert it, it like stopped me and it was like please wait. Mm-hmm. And on the video in Walmart it literally showed me I put it across but it didn't scan. Simple mistake. The clerk was like, oh, it was that item. I was like, okay, bloop. And then I paid for it and went on my way. <laughs> so there are things involved that stop that. I mean, they go. use weight sensors in yeah. the uh, in the bagging area to tell when you put something in there. And it's got, I guess, a general idea how much that's supposed to weigh. And that's you know? exactly what that was because the machine stopped me and it was like, hey, we need it. We, we, I need an adult. The adult came over. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, what do you want to do, computer? The computer was like, he didn't do that. She went, that wasn't done. I went, oh, well, that makes sense. So there you go. We had adult supervision there. <laughs> done. What I there hate was, what I hate is when they malfunction. Because oh, it's like, yeah. you know, you scan it, you put it, and it's like, please put it in the bagging area. So you put it in the bagging area. It's like, please put the item in the bagging area. I'm like, I did put it in the bagging area. Please put it in the bag. And I, sh- you know, you shake the bag. Like, all right, it's jostled around. Feel it in the bag. Please put the item in the bag. Shut the fuck up. It's in the bag. Please scan your next item. Thank God. Thank God. This says here, too, uh, the, despite the potentially innocent mishap, these folks do frequently face charges because the big box stores aren't going to spend their time and resources trying to figure out if you did it on purpose, Jernigan said. Well, so just be careful when you're scanning. That's also not true. I mean, you, you yeah. could have the same issue. You could have the same issue going through regular checkout. If you forget to pull something out of your uh, shopping cart and put it on the, the what you call it, conveyor. Yeah. Same same thing. Thing. You know, you, like, here's a good example. You know, we bought, we've got two cats, so we buy cat litter. We don't put the cat litter in with the, the rest of the, you know, mm-hmm. groceries, for God's sake. We put it underneath. Yeah. Well, maybe you forgot to the, to pick it up from underneath and yeah. scan it. You can have yeah. the same problem. It's yeah, not a self-checkout exactly. issue. It's a self-checkout isn't the, <laughs> the only problem. The third and final now group, guys. The, yeah, here's the third one. This is, this is great. The third and final group of the people. I can't wait for Steve to go off on this she one. She <laughs> called the truly innocent. Most of these are not getting charged day, day of, she explained. Rather, their predicament begins when someone in the asset protection department of a store Wow. Starts counting inventory, perhaps days, weeks, or months later, and comes up short. So they will begin watching hours of video to see the last person (laughs) who checked out with the Mario Lego set because they're too short or an Xbox game. And for some reason, they pinpoint pinpoint that they think you did it. Okay. All right. Hold on a second. (laughs) <laughs> did we not just hear about how they're not going to spend resources to figure yes. out whether or not it was intentional <laughs> yeah. that you took it, exactly. but they will spend hours watching 
video mm. of self-checkout. In the asset protection department of the with store. A Lego set. Yes. <laughs> In the asset protection oh. department of the store, Steve. That's I want to be I want to have that as my as my job title the asset protection um, associate, in in the that okay. would be awesome. Look at me. Yeah, it's, a, it's probably a cool job, but <laughs> the, the bullshit of it is that if you slip and fall in a Walmart, they'll give you ten grand so they don't have to go to fucking court. Mm, that's true. Like, like yeah. the, the the bullshit of this is like, oh, they're they're gonna take you to court because you stole Q-tips by accident. So funny. The, 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 this is this is what got These me off the rails for this. Are stuff. willing to yeah. settle before they even have to deal with it. Like, this yeah. is the part that gets me. This is the part that gets me here. Mm. Okay, I just I just saw this guy with a Lego set on self-checkout yeah you've also got the freaking record yes. of what he scanned and paid for the yeah. plu will go to the exact box because yeah. they don't have it's not just because you see lines doesn't mean it's the same fucking number yeah <laughs> like they all yeah. have numbers yeah so you can line up PLU four four seven four five was purchased on, you know, twelve fifteen by Steve Merry, and PLU four 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 was stolen by John the next day. Yeah. You're not going to go to Steve Merry's house and wreck wreck him up for knock on his door and say, "Hey, that wasn't exactly this." Exactly. This lawyer was just they were scrambling for video content. Up, must have had some weird in. ass case yeah. that's clearly never going to happen you know it's one in a million uh to 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 try and look relevant and here we are talking about them this obviously. is this is really ridiculous too according to jernigan mega retailers like walmart usually have to present very little evidence to get an affidavit for warrants on the charges I'm thinking well, that really? might be true. I guess. Yeah, that's probably true. Well, the charges that could land you up to a year in jail, she cautioned. You have to spend thousands of dollars hiring a lawyer, and we have to go through grainy video footage to try and determine what all you bought what all you bought that day. What did it wait? Go through the footage and compare that to the receipt. Because I Earth guarantee people. you, if you didn't, if you're not, okay, we're talking about people who are not in the first category who actually walked out with something on purpose, yeah. or two, walked out with something on accident. So the, <laughs> the grainy video is going to show you scanned everything that's on your receipt and yeah. walked out the door with everything on your receipt. Yeah. End of story. Yeah, exactly. This would, not, this would not hold up in court at all. No. no, it would ne never. No judge would want to play with that. No, no, no. I don't think a, I don't think a police officer would want to put no. up with that. <laughs> no, exactly. I'm not going to go think... through the asset department. I'm not going to scan through this video footage. Honest with you, do you think an asset protection person wants to play with that? <laughs> They're no. dealing with the other two. Why would they want to deal with it? What What do you think? Asset protection program people are just hanging out like. I'm going to get Annie Mae because she fucking bought too much rice. I think it's just bad inventory management, to be perfectly honest with you, Johnny. It sounds like she's a bad lawyer. Yeah. And she's barking up a tree that doesn't work very well. 
And yet she's got one point two million. You know, that's the thing. This lawyer has one point two million followers on TikTok. Doctor IP, who's far more uh, impressive. Far more, far more better of a. Should have two point four. We got to like push him. Like get up to two point four. I guarantee you. I guarantee you, without even having seen the video, I have no idea who this person is. I guarantee you, this is just somebody holding up their phone, going, "Hey, so here's the reason why you shouldn't go to self checkout at your big box stores because you know it's just their face." I actually put production value into my videos. Hell yeah, hell yeah. And by the way, by the way, you shouldn't go to self checkout because it cuts jobs. You should probably go to full checkout so we can get six or seven people fucking employed in this country. I I was just going to say, guys, like uh, self checkout. Do you use it or do you not? And I think I use it. I only use it when I assess the situation of I'm going to spend less time in self checkout than I am in the checkout line. Yeah. Yeah. Like today. I'm Terminator when it comes to that. Like I'm looking at everything that's open. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm looking at children. I'm looking at I'm looking at carts. I'm making sure. Okay, she's got 47 items. She's got 47 items. That's gonna be like seven, eight minutes. Okay, there's three teenagers ahead of me. That's gonna be five seconds. I'm just gonna get myself checked out because I'm yeah. gonna get out of here quicker. I don't want to be there. I'm socially awkward. I don't want to be there. I'm only looking for my out. <laughs> I think I would generally agree with that. It also depends on how many items I have. Correct. If I've got five items, yeah, I'm going to self checkout because I can go oh, boop, yeah, boop, no, boop, 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 be done. But if it's a, if it's a shopping cart full of groceries, two hundred bucks, I'm like, yeah. you know what? I don't feel like bagging this crap all myself. I'm gonna get yeah. some help. Gotta have some help. Help me out. Yeah. Just just for for I do not at the grocery store. I do not go to self checkout because mm. that, that I would rather someone else bag my shit so I can't help. Like I don't care. <laughs> I don't care how long I have to wait at the grocery store. But if I'm just doing a Target, Walmart, or whatever I'm doing, run. Mm. It's it's what I have. It's how I can get out of there. Yeah. I, don't want to be uh, I didn't even target, go there in the first place. But yeah. Target sells groceries. So reconcile that, Mr. Tracy. Oh. I don't well, I only buy limited groceries at Target. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the same for it's me. I'm also coffee creamer, chips and salsa, and something else. It's not my Target haul is never large. There you go. There you go. So yeah, I can't. For... Yeah. For, yeah, for me, it's like I uh, it, I agree with uh, with Steve. Uh, you know, in terms of groceries, it's five or six items. It's self checkout. Yeah. Today yeah. I had yeah. like maybe about ten, but I had like a carton of um, protein milk. I also had like a couple of other heavy duty items. Detergent was another thing, and it's like okay, I'm not gonna put I'm not gonna scan that and put that in. I had more than ten items. It's like that goes right into the aisle. For me it's like I'm, and i don't mind waiting i really don't because it's like it's a crate it's well, like well, here's another here's another wrinkle to that is like if you're buying you know like fresh produce or something mm-hmm. like i know where to find if i get a green pepper i know where to look that up yep i know where to look up an onion but if it's something where i'm like i've got no freaking clue what this is i'm gonna make the no cashier be like weigh this because i have no idea what it's called <laughs> Look at this green thing. Oh, it's an avocado. Oh, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Wait that. Luckily, luckily in my HEB, my local HEB, they have weighing stations. That oh, there are you digital. go. So I can actually, I don't have to think. I can be like, okay, red beet. And I can just be like, search by red beet. Mm. And it's like, does it look like this? And I was like, yes, it looks like this. <laughs> on scale. 
and puts a fucking sticker right on it. And I'm like, yes, like, I have a scannable sticker. All, yep. everybody, every supermarket needs that. I hate when you get up there and it's like you have a roll or something, you know, yeah. a loose roll yeah. and you put it on and it's like, does it look like this? I'm like, no, it's not shaped like that. It's also not shaped like that. I don't see other rolls on here. What the hell do I do? It's not a, roll. It's not a long roll. It's the other roll that you have that you don't have on there. It's the short little rectangular roll, roll that I want, you know? I remember this was a while back, but Wankman's had like these little baby uh, romaine lettuces, probably about, you know, like a good, I don't know, maybe about a good six, eight inches long or whatever. But, and to your point, Johnny, they also had weighing stations in around the entire produce area. In order to get the sticker, though, you had to know the the PLU number or, yes, you know, you whatever. Four digit, four digit number, and you would have to, you know, weigh it on there and, okay, and calculate it. And the sticker crazy. would come out and bam, right on the right on the bag. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's how it. I would do it. Yeah. And there would be a lot of times where I would go in and I would have that thing scanned, a couple of like, you know, the, you know, the guy or girl that was like serving me in the, in the aisle would be like, oh, thank you for doing that. You know, because a lot of times they're trying to find it in their inventory. And I'm like, okay, where is this? And they can't locate it and all that kind of stuff. It delays everything. That's funny. I have a, I have a great, I have a great story. I won't say the, it's a major chain in the United States. So I went in, I got a six pack of beer and a sandwich because I was okay. on the road. I, I was somewhere in the, in the Northwest. Hmm. So I scanned the sandwich, I scanned the beer, and then they're like, oh, well, we, authorization, authorization. Like it goes through this whole thing. There was nobody on the floor. So I waited and waited and waited. I'm looking around, I'm trying to see. Dude, after 20 minutes, the machine literally put up the thing, are you 21? I was like, yes. And the transaction went through and I left. Wow. <laughs> I was like, okay, so the so the machine is just as impatient as people. What? <laughs> it's coming, dude. Just tell me. Oh, <laughs> just, oh my gosh. Oh, that is hilarious. some legal ramification of yeah. this. And I just hit it and it let me pay. If you were if you were waiting there for twenty minutes, I think it, it's safe to assume someone under twenty one would not have waited that long. Yeah. So exactly. I'm thinking, but it was it was one of the funniest moments because it literally just popped up like, "Are you twenty one?" I'm like, "Well, hell yeah!" Like I'm fucking forty, there and it go. just let me go. There was there no red, the red light went away. Everything went away. Like all the seriousness from the beginning just went away. <laughs> so it's all in the software. It says if. Wait time longer than 20 minutes, then present this screen. <laughs> everybody over 21 will wait for liquor. Yeah. Like they will. If they want it, they'll wait. You know what yeah. I mean? Like too funny. Too funny. So let's close out with a quick mini happy, guys. What do you say before we get out of here? Uh this is really, really cool news. John and I kind of alluded to this way back. I'll have to look to see on the episode counters. But... I don't even, it was early. It, it might have been our early. first episode, actually. Might have been. Um, it easily I'll, could have been our first episode. We'll have to do that. Um, but effective today, there is now a new nationwide three-digit mental health crisis hotline that goes live today in the United States. The number is 988. So it's any you basically dial that number if you have any suicidal thoughts, any other mental health issues or emergencies. You call that number as opposed to 911 where you that's like you're calling your cops, you're calling your paramedics, you know, police, fire, all that kind of stuff. 988 gets you into a mental health counselor. Mm -hmm. So 
federal government actually spending wise money. They provide over $280 million to help states create systems that will do much more, including mobile mental health crisis teams that can be sent to people's homes, emergency mental health centers, similar to urgent care clinics. So it's it's a really, really good thing, Johnny. I, you know, I'll let you go ahead and say what you well, want this was, in regards to that. Trump announced this year, years ago, and I'm, I'm actually glad that it, it survived the political game. Um, this is something that was, it, it's not a Trump era thing. Well, it's a Trump era thing, but it's not a Trump thing. This thing has been in works for years and years and years. Probably the Obama administration is when it started. Um, and they, they were able to get through the politics and actually put a three digit number out. Um, because the suicide hotline was 1-800-SUICIDE or something like that. It was something fucking ridiculous. Like, like, if you're having a mental health crisis and you need help, like, how are you going to fucking remember what the fucking... Li- like, it, it, it seemed like bullshit to me. Like, it seemed like the government didn't fucking care. Um, yeah. Because, like, how how is any going to be... I don't remember that. Like, how is anybody remember I that? didn't even realize that there was one. Especially... Especially if you have a mental health issue serious enough to have to call it. Yeah. You know, how are we going to remember that number? 988, and we, we talked about this, I think it was in our first episode of Tunes. We talked about how important it would be to have something so, because 988 is, is that's a good number. Like, that'll click in your head. Like, you remember, just like 911, remember? We were, we were pre-911, our generations, right? We were... I, I think you're. I think you're pre nine one one. Maybe you were probably really young, but maybe it was in around when you were born. Maybe. Okay. Um, I I didn't know nine one one didn't never exist. Yeah, nine one one didn't exist. You actually had to call your local. You had to know. I had to call the local police department. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. So so my thought process is knowing that and seeing this, this will be good because future generations will have a nine eight eight number. Just the same as we have a 911 number, which is very simple, because 911 dispatchers are normally de- If you ever had to call 911, they're pretty decent in how they like. Is, is it an emergency? No. Okay. Well, you need to hang up. They're logical if you have to do it. Mm-hmm. Having someone that's logical in a crisis is a great thing. So mm-hmm. having a mental health hotline. It's just as good as having a 911 hotline. Yeah, it makes, absolutely. I, I don't know why they didn't fucking do it at the same time. I'm confused why it took so long. <laughs> it makes sense. Well, it, it's it's good it's happening now, obviously, in regards to that, for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's like anything that can be do, done to help and make it faster and quicker. Yes. And um, if, if you ever have a mental health crisis, please reach out to your friends or family. Nobody, nobody will turn you away. I just want to say that like a hundred percent, like don't, I deal with. Yeah. And that goes for the both of you too, by the way. Yes. I deal with mental health. You can call Um, me. (laughs) I don't want to. (laughs) Seriously. No, no, we don't have to, but if we did, we would, you know what I mean? Exactly. Like that. But the biggest thing is, is please God, don't put your friends and family through what we've gone through. Yeah. Losing people and not, not having them here now, enjoying what we're doing. Just reach out. You're not burdening anybody. There you go. Nobody is burdening anybody. Like, please reach out. My phone, I know Matt's phone's open. Steve's phone's open. My phone's open. Like, we're not going to fucking turn you away and say you're bothering us. We will fucking get you through it. We will figure it out. We might not have the answers, but we'll sure have some fucking humor for you. 
Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Just, right. just reach out. That's all I have to say about that. Well said. Well said. And on that note, guys, that ends episode 93 of Two Noobs Talking. Uh, it's been great to be able to spend some time with you, both, as always. And, um, yeah, just to get off a lot of a lot of frustration and lightheartedness. It's wonderful. Combination of all those things. It was great. So I feel like a bubble floating in the yeah, right above yeah. the earth. <laughs> I feel like a jet trying to do what the bubble is doing. Well, I feel like nice and grounded. I, I you know, I'm more relaxed but, now. All of the stress that I had like 20 minutes ago was all gone. It's great. Right, you got Love to it. breathe in. You got to breathe in. Yeah, breathe in. Breathe all out. that diaphragm, you know. Yeah, all my sure. stress is trying to edit this thing to get it to mat until we get that. <laughs> so why don't we? Why don't we close the door here then, Johnny? Uh, where can people find us on Two News, man? Real well, sometimes. Uh, sometimes. Facebook, TikTok, <laughs> Slackfer, <laughs> Twitter, if Twitter wants to do things, Instagram. Uh, short videos that lead us to... That's our YouTube channel, the Two Noobs Talking Podcast. Like, share, subscribe, get notified when our episodes appear. Wednesdays at 7, local time eastern time and on the audio side steve where can people listen to us on the audio side we are proudly hosted by podbean which gets us into all different kinds of programs including glenn's favorite iheart radio love it much love glenn we got much you, love, glenn. We love you <laughs> although he wishes he wishes to point out that he does sometimes catch us on youtube so he's not exclusively iheart radio but if he has to be if he has to be our iheart radio um uh, whipping boy, I guess, <laughs> for lack of a better term, he's okay with it. There you go. Uh, but we can also find us on That's Google said Podcast. by his big brother. Right <laughs> he is a cowboy fan. Yeah. We can't be totally, uh, you know. Uh, we're also available on Google Podcast, uh, Apple Podcast, uh, Spotify, uh, Pandora, uh, and Amazon Music. You can there you go. And anywhere else that you get your your podcast from on the audio side we are all we're google and if if we're not on your favorite podcasting site tell us and we will go down to those people's houses yes and protest protest until they put us up there exactly exactly right or glenn will do it because he apparently does our biddings Uh, (laughs) might as well might as well get him to work (laughs) all right guys well that's it uh it's on the 94 next week uh and until then Oh, great. The Ryan Ellis episode. The Ryan Ellis episode is coming up. At least we have ND Kalu to love. Very good. <laughs> Talk to you all guys next week. Take care. If you don't read the newspaper, you're uninformed. If you do read it, you're misinformed. That's a great question. What is the long-term effect of too much information? One of the effects is the need to be first, not even to be true anymore.